Amen. Thank you for that. We are excited whenever we get a chance to have a missionary in our church. We take the Great Commission very seriously that God is speaking to us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Every Bible-believing church in the world needs to be involved in the Great Commission, both at home and abroad. And uh, we're so pleased with uh, the missionaries that God has allowed us to be able to take on and support. It's, uh, it's quite a work of his power and grace for a small church such as ours. So we've been looking forward to the Jenkins coming. We do not have a missionary in Gambia. We have a few missionaries uh, in uh, the continent of Africa, but Africa needs more than uh, two or three missionaries. Uh, it needs a few more. And uh, anyhow, these folks seem like good people. Uh, they've been on the, um, uh, the campaign trail uh, deputation for just over a year, and they have over 80% already. So God is, seems to be God seems to be really blessing them, and uh, there's a reason for that. And so uh, I'd like you to listen with all your heart to the preaching of the word as uh, Brother Jenkins comes. And if you'd come now, and also you could, uh, when you get up here, you could introduce your wife as well. Would you do that, please? Yes. Uh, welcome to uh, Grace Baptist and the people of our church. Thank you so much, Pastor. Well, thank you so much, Grace Baptist Church. It's good to be with you uh, this evening. Uh, I just want to thank your pastor for allowing uh, us to come and present our ministry uh, to you and to share what God is doing uh, in West Africa in the country of Gambia. Uh, we are excited to share that with you. We're excited to share a little bit about our testimony and, and how God has called us there. And uh, we expect God to do great things in the country of Gambia. Uh, just a few things about Gambia I uh, just want to bring to your attention uh, from the video, uh, Gambia is the smallest country on the mainland of Africa, uh, 2 million people, and uh, it is open to the gospel. It's 95% Islamic, though. Um, they are a peaceful Islam so that it, we can go there and live safely. Um, the Gambian constitution actually guarantees religious freedom, um, and so that is really a remarkable fact. Um, if you're familiar with most of the Islamic world, um, Islamic countries around the world, you cannot live in those countries and be a missionary, a Bible teacher. A lot of missionaries around the world are working in Muslim countries, but they're doing so secretly. And they're doing, uh, having Bible studies and, and having churches and planning churches um, in an uh, undercover way, a creative access country. And so in Gambia, though, we have uh, the, the blessing of, of not any fear of, uh, of, of that, uh, of, of being shut down or being kicked out of the country for, for uh, giving the gospel uh, out to those people. And so we rejoice in that. That is an open door that God has given us. Um, in most of the Islamic world, we don't have that open door. And so we rejoice in that, and we're excited that God has called us to plant churches in this needy country. And um, God opened the door uh, through missions trips that my wife and I took uh, to the country of Gambia. My wife spent three months in 2013 uh, with missionaries Josh and Julie Mead in Senegal. They've been missionaries there about nine years. Senegal is the neighboring country to Gambia. It is another 95% Islamic country. Um, and a great need for the gospel there. But uh, I went in 2015, two years after my wife. I took her trip and worked with the same missionaries. 
Um, and uh, God uh, allowed uh, and used the Mead family to bring us two together, my wife and I. Uh, we were married in March of 2017. And so a little over a year and a half that we've been married and uh, excited to how God brought us together through our separate trips uh, working with the same missionaries in West Africa. It's interesting how the Lord does that uh, when, when we are surrendered and following His, His plan for our life. And we're rejoicing in that and rejoicing that uh, God has given me a wife that has a heart for Africa, has a heart for missions and teaching children and ladies uh, the gospel. And that's very important. I'm excited uh, to, to get started there. Um, and so uh, when I was on those trips, I took uh, four trips. I've been over on four trips over the last three years. Uh, the first trip I took was a construction trip uh, after college. I graduated in 2012 from Bible college. And then uh, the next five years I worked in construction. And I work, I'm from the States. I'm from Georgia. My wife's from Nova Scotia. And when I was working construction in Georgia, um, I had the opportunity to take missions trips. And I loved that and loved using the skills and abilities I was learning uh, for the Lord. And so I went over to Senegal. I'd never been to the continent of Africa. And allow, uh, God allowed me to go with um, BIMI's Claim Ministries uh, over to help uh, build a church building for the Mead family in Senegal. And when I was there, I met a Gambian. Uh, he had trusted Christ a few years prior to when I was there. Um, he had met the American missionaries. Uh, they had witnessed to him for about a year, and he trusted the Lord as his Savior. And God allowed me to meet him and to hear his testimony uh, when I was on those trips. And uh, God really used him to burden me for his country of Gambia. Um, he was telling me about his family and how he wanted to go back and witness to his family, and he wanted a missionary to come to his country and I was burdened, and so I started doing research into the country of Gambia and I realized that there's really not any uh, independent Baptist church planners working in the Gambia. Um, there is a medical missions uh, team that's there, um, but there's really no one that is working as a church planner. And so we're, uh, we see that this is an open door, that this is an opportunity that the Lord has given us uh, to, to establish churches, to train nationals uh, and disciple believers and teach them to then go and plant other churches uh, in their, uh, their country of Gambia. And so you ha uh, we need your prayers. Uh, this is a great task uh, that God has given us to reach uh, this world and to reach Gambia with the gospel. And uh, think, when we think of this, we think of how big it seems. You know, this world is, is, is very large, seven, almost 7 billion people in this world, 2 million people in Gambia. Uh, how are we ever going to do this? Well, we're going to do it through God's power, and we want to see God do something great uh, in the country of Gambia. So uh, be sure to pick up a uh, prayer card uh, on your way out this evening. We'd love to talk with you and, um, and pray for us. We really uh, covet your prayers, um, both to be able to get to the field, but also uh, then as we get there and as we start witnessing and as we start seeing uh, souls come to know the Lord, we know that your prayers are vital. And so thank you so much. I know that this church um, has many missionaries in, and you support missions, and you, your heartbeat is missions. And um, I'm very thankful for churches like yours, who has a real genuine desire to see souls saved here in this area uh, of, of British Columbia, but also around this world. And so thank you so much for this opportunity to share uh, with you our ministry. And uh, we are grateful um, that we can uh, serve the Lord in this way. You know, we, uh, God's called us to go across the seas and uh, to go to the country of Gambia and the continent of Africa. God's not called everyone to do that. And so we realize, though, that uh, the Bible says that that commission to go out of Matthew chapter 28 is for all of God's people. 
And uh, we are very thankful that we get to play a small part in, uh, in God's work around this world. And so if, if you have your Bibles this evening, again, thank you, Pastor, for this opportunity to, uh, to present our ministry to you. Uh, we look forward to talking with you more. If you have any questions, uh, please feel free to, uh, to uh, see us afterwards. We'd love to talk with you. We'd love to share more about uh, what God has done in our lives and, and about our ministry. Uh, but if you have your Bibles this evening, I'd like you to turn to the book of Genesis. In Genesis chapter number 5. Genesis chapter number 5, and we'll be looking at, starting in verse 21, we'll be looking at the, uh, the man Enoch. Uh, Enoch is uh, a unique um, uh, person in the Bible, a uh, unique person in history, and uh, I love the story of Enoch because uh, there's some thoughts that I want to bring out to you tonight, just simple thoughts from God's Word about what is, what is our role in missions? What is our role as individuals um, in, in uh, glorifying God and using our life as a testimony to this world. Well, that's what we're going to look at the life of Enoch, and I, I hope that uh, as we look at uh, Enoch, we'll learn a few things from his life and his testimony. But there in Genesis chapter 5, we'll, we'll read a few verses here, uh, starting in verse 21. It says, And Enoch lived sixty and five years, and begat Methuselah. It says in verse 22, And Enoch walked with God. After he begot Methuselah three hundred years, and begot sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were three hundred sixty and five years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. And so we see here in these, these few verses in Genesis chapter 5, uh, you know, not much is known about the man Enoch. Uh, there's only a few places in your Bible that, is, that this man is mentioned in his life. But there is some very important truths, some very important words uh, that were said about this man Enoch. And I believe it has great importance to us as well. Uh, there's another place in your Bible I'd like you to turn as we look at the life of Enoch. Turn over to Hebrews chapter 11 with me. Hebrews chapter 11, uh, often referred to as the hall of faith. Uh, many great men and women of faith are listed in this chapter in Hebrews chapter 11. And we find Enoch. Uh, little known Enoch. Um, not much is known about his life, but we have listed here um, a man of faith, uh, Enoch here. And if, if you look in Hebrews 11, notice verse 5. It says, By faith Enoch was translated, that he should not see death, and was not found, because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony, that he pleased God. And verse 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. You know, Enoch is, is a man probably much like you and I. You know, not much is known about his life, but what we have here is, is words, very important words about his life. And I think it has significance for us as we also seek to use our lives to glorify God. But this, e this evening, I'd like us, as we look at this, uh, the, this man Enoch, you know, what's often known about him is that uh, very much uh, like Elijah, uh, he did not see death. Uh, God took him from this, uh, this, uh, this world uh, before he died. He, uh, he took him, uh, God took him into heaven. But rather than focus on uh, that event in uh, Enoch's life, I want us to look at the words that were said about his life. Because, you know, when we think about missions and we think about serving the Lord, 
and witnessing to our neighbors and our family and, and those around us, our testimony should, should uh, scream to this world, should, should be lived out, one that Christ died for them. And Enoch was someone who lived, lived his life in a way that honored and glorified the Lord. His testimony was known to those around him. And that's why he's recorded to us here in Hebrews chapter 11. But I just want us to give us, you can turn back to Genesis chapter 5, uh, and I uh, just want us to give us a quick background, because I think it's important to understand uh, the context here in uh, the book of uh, Genesis. And uh, in Genesis chapter 4, uh, so we're, we're in Genesis chapter 5, but if you look just back at uh, the chapter 4 there in Genesis, you can see there is the story of Cain and Abel. And so when we, when we think about the life and the times of Enoch, I think it's important for us to look at his life and what was life like for Enoch? Um, was, it, was it like the days that we live in? Uh, well, let's look there in, verse, uh, in chapter 4. You see this story of Cain and Abel, the first murder that's recorded in God's Word. And this is the, the account where Cain kills his brother Abel. So you have the first murder. And we can see that by the time we get to chapter 5 in Enoch's life, when he comes on the scene, uh, we've had many years of sin and death to this point. Many years of, from Adam's first sin, Adam and Eve in the garden, now to where Enoch uh, is, there have been many years of sin and death. So the first thing that we can see about the life of Enoch is that he was living in some pretty sinful and wicked days. You know, many of the same sins that were being committed in Enoch's day are also being committed in our day. You know, we don't have to look very far to see uh, the demise of this world, uh, the destruction of sin that it is, takes a toll on this world and in individual lives. You know, the times have not changed much, have they? And I want us to look in Genesis chapter 6. I want us to read a few verses. You ask yourself, what was life like for Enoch? Was it difficult to serve and live for God in these days? Well, look in Genesis chapter 6. And notice verse 5. We'll read a few verses here. Genesis chapter 6 and verse 5. It says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created, both from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I had made them. Those are strong words of God to his creation. And notice there in verse 8, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. We saw that in Genesis chapter 4, where Cain kills his brother Abel. So we know that that, that is, is prevalent in this day. And verse 12 says, And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me. For the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Strong words uh, about the days that Enoch lived. You know, the Bible describes these days that Enoch lived as dark and evil. It was no doubt a time of great wickedness. 
Man uh, was involved in all kinds of wickedness. And the earth was corrupt and filled with violence. Men killed even their own brothers in these days. So we can see that, uh, that Enoch was surrounded with all kinds of wickedness and temptation. It's no different than the days that we live in. Trying to serve the Lord in today, you know, in our lives and in our ministry. Serving the Lord and having a testimony that pleases the Lord, that honors the Lord. It's not, it's not easy. You know, we can look at our world today and identify with this and see that it's difficult to serve and live for God. But let me pose this question to you this evening, folks. Ask yourself, am I willing to be a difference maker in this dark and sinful world? Enoch, when we look at his life, and we look at the things that was said about his life, not much was said about his life, but what was, was that he had a testimony that pleased the Lord and that he walked with God. You know, folks, that is what missions is about. Missions is about walking with God, walking in His Word, allowing Him to, to uh, permeate our lives and allowing Him to th- flow through us to this world so that they would see Christ. That's what we should desire in our lives is that, that, we would not, that people would not look at us and see Daniel Jenkins, but that they would see Jesus Christ that they would see a heart and a life that is on fire for Christ, that is on fire for souls that Christ died for. And I know that that should be your desire as well. But Enoch was a difference maker. He was someone who stood firm in his faith for the Lord in the face of evil and wicked days. You know, someone may say here tonight, you know, I don't know that I can really serve God. You know, I may work in, you may work in in a workplace where it's difficult to have a testimony. You know, maybe you face a lot of verbal abuse and a lot of verbal uh, persecution for your faith in Christ. Well, let me, let me tell you that you can be a difference maker where God's placed you. You can have a testimony that honors the Lord. You can have a testimony that shows to the world Jesus Christ. Enoch was someone who left this world with a testimony that pleased God. Let me challenge you. Do not waste your life in your testimony. Allow God to work in your life and give you a testimony that pleases Him. You know, when we die one day, when someone, when we're in a casket before in a, in, a, in a church or in a funeral home, you know, when we die, we want a testimony. I, I want a testimony for my life that pleased the Lord. A life, a long life that, that pleased the Lord. That I used my life to honor and glorify God. That should be our desire. So this evening, I want us to look at just a few points about Enoch's life and his testimony. Number one, Enoch walked with God by choice. Folks, did you know this evening that it is a choice to follow God? It is a choice to accept His free gift of salvation? You know, no one is, is, is twisting your arm to follow God. No one is twisting your arm. You know, we think of missionaries. And you may, you may uh, not know this, but no one is twisting our arm to go be missionaries in Africa. The Holy Spirit has told us that. He's told us to go be missionaries. But no one, no, not our parents, not our pastor, not our mission board, no one is forcing us to serve God in this way. And folks, very much the same is true for you. No one is forcing you to be here tonight. You came willingly. You chose to be here tonight to submit yourself to the preaching of God's Word. And just like that, it is a choice to follow the teachings and commandments of the Lord. A life choice to follow God. That's really what it is. You know, when you trusted Christ uh, as your Savior, 
Uh, that, was, that was your choice. To, to, to give over your flesh and yourself in exchange for God's righteousness. You know, that choice takes sacrifice. Each of us, when we decided to follow God and accept His salvation, we had to give up something, didn't we? We had to exchange our sin for God's righteousness. It doesn't make sense to us why God would send His Son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. Us uh, sinful, guilty sinners. But He did that. We have to exchange our sin for God's righteousness. You think about the disciples. You know, just as they left their nets behind in Matthew chapter 4, they left their nets behind. It says that they straightway followed Christ. Do you think that that choice for the disciples to leave their profession, their job, do you think that was easy for them? It was very difficult, I'm sure. That was their livelihood. That was how they provided for their families. That was what skills and abilities that God had given them. But Christ came to them and he said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. It takes sacrifice. Serving Jesus is a choice. You know, we can go on with, with our life the way it is, but we'll be wasting our life. But let me challenge you to purpose to make serving God your priority. That's what this world needs, folks. This world doesn't need religion. They need a relationship with Jesus Christ. They need a real Christian to show love to them, Christ's love, to reach out, to show them Christ, show them God's Word, and hope that is found in Jesus Christ. That should be our priority in life. But making that choice to follow God, to, to have a testimony like Enoch, it's not without its rewards. Serving Jesus in this Christian life, it is, uh, God is bountiful with His rewards. Life is it's not without its trials and difficult times. And we know this. It's not easy to live uh, in this world, you know, we are in this world, but not, we're not of this world, the Bible says. But God says that those who are following God will not live in darkness. You know, we have God's presence. You know, when we go and we go and we share the gospel, God's with us. His presence is promised to us. Because there is no darkness in God. He is the light of the world. He is the hope that this world needs. So number one, Enoch walked with God by choice. He chose to do this. Number two, Enoch walked with God by faith. And we saw that as we looked in Hebrews chapter 11. He was a man of faith, a great man of faith. Even in, in the face of an evil and wicked day, he was a man of faith. He lived, with, lived and walked with God in this way. And let me say this to you this evening. A person who wants to live for God must walk by faith. What does the Bible say? 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We cannot walk by our own sight. You know, we cannot see tomorrow. Many of us probably hope that we could. But we don't know when we'll draw our last breath on this earth. We have to walk by faith. You know, sometimes life can be very dark at times. You know, sometimes we cannot see what is before us in the future. And sometimes all we can do is by faith trust God. Allow Him to lead and guide our lives. To live our lives for Him and trust the future to God. Enoch saw that God was faithful to him. And folks, let me tell you tonight, let me encourage you. God is faithful to you. As you purpose to live your life for God. And we have a lot of young people in here. 
There's a lot of years upcoming uh, in your life where you're going to come to a crossroads, whether to serve God or whether to serve uh, yourself and to live life for yourself. But let me challenge you to live your life for God. Have a testimony. Have a passion in life to honor the Lord. You know, many of us may not be someone important in this life, and that's okay. You know, you may not be the next prime minister, and that's okay. But God has called each one of us to be Christ bearers, to be image bearers of His dear Son. Enoch's faith was important. The world saw Christ in him. They saw that he walked with God. And I, I pray that that would be your desire in your life as well. But number three, Enoch walked away from this world. Folks, if we are going to serve God, if we are going to see God do something great in and through our lives and our ministry, we have to walk away from this world. This world wants to draw us in. It wants to, to compromise us. It wants to have us give in to the world. But as Christians, this world wants to pull us in. Folks, we cannot let this happen. We cannot give ground to Satan because he will take from us. He will take many things from us. This world will devour us. You know, Satan is a roaring lion walking about, walking about seeking whom he may devour. So folks, do not stray away from doing what's right and living for Jesus. Very simple truths for us tonight, but very profound and important truths for us. Because if we are going to see God do something great in Gambia, we have to live right. We have to be a testimony to those around us to, so that others would see Christ in us, so that they wouldn't see just religion, but that they would see someone who has a, a relationship, a real walk with God. So what is going to be said about your life? What are, what are people going to say about your life as they look at you and as they evaluate your testimony? You know, folks, the matter of fact is people are going to say one of two things about your life. Whether you, you either know God and you live like it, that you have a real relationship with Jesus Christ, or that your life is a lie. People, as they evaluate us, what do they see? Do they see Christ? Do they see a testimony? Both, both the way we live and the things we say, do they see a testimony that honors the Lord? Or do they see a, a testimony that, you know, they go to church and they claim to be Christian, but they see no pattern of life that honors the Lord? What is going to be the testimony of our life? Enoch walked away from this world. In order to have a testimony for the Lord, you have to walk away from this world. And Enoch was someone who understood this truth. But also Enoch walked as a witness for the Lord. He was a faithful witness. You know, your life is a witness to others each day. Your life, it has, has meaning. And people are evaluating us all the time. You know, they know many of, many of your friends and family members know where you go to church. They know your testimony. They know that you live differently than they do. But are we witnesses? Are we faithful witnesses and testimonies? You know, Proverbs 14, verse 25 says, A true witness delivereth souls, but a deceitful witness speaketh lies. Enoch was a witness for the Lord. But lastly, Enoch was an example. That's all he was. He was human. He wasn't perfect. We're not perfect either. But he was an example for us to live by. Someone that we can evaluate his life and see, yes, he was a man who lived in wicked days. 
He was tempted uh, very much like we are every day. We live in this flesh, the sinful flesh that wants to, to draw us away from, from serving the Lord. Satan doesn't want that, folks. He doesn't want you to serve the Lord. But he wa- Enoch walked as an example. He wanted, no doubt, Enoch wanted in his life, he wanted Christians to follow, uh, uh, ultimately follow Christ as their ultimate example, but also follow his example in life. So looking at Enoch's life, we can rest assured that serving and living for Jesus, although it's difficult at times, it's not a life that's wasted. Folks, your life, you and your ministry and your testimony can be greatly used of God if you'll let Him. If you'll surrender to God. If you will say, Lord, I want to be used of you. I want to be part of what you're doing around this world. If you say that to God, God will use your life. If you submit to God today, God will use you. And He'll do great and mighty things through you. But folks, God is calling us to be difference makers. You know, we are peculiar people. You know, we are, we are the minority in this world. We are the ones who are in this world, and, and, and no doubt this, uh, this land that we live in uh, wants to, to, to quiet our, our, uh, our stance on things and quiet our voice and our witness for the Lord. But folks, we cannot give in to this. We need to be difference makers. For us, for the world to see Christ, we need to, to, to uh, allow this to be our passion in life. We need to be people of prayer. We need to pray for God to do a work in and through us in the lives of our uh, family members, of our co-workers, of those around us. You know, God is calling us to be difference makers. But the question remains, are we willing to let Him do that? I pray that that is your desire tonight is that you will let God permeate your life, give you a testimony that's on fire for the Lord, and that you would, and my prayer is that you would see God do something great in and through your life. If we'll let Him, are we willing to accept the challenge? God's given us commission, the great commission, to get the gospel to all the world, Matthew chapter 28, to go with the gospel. Are we willing to accept that challenge? I pray that that is your desire as a church and as an individual. Pastor.